This is the Context Podcast, sponsored by Geist Interactive. I'm your host, Jeremy Brown. FileMaker 19 is here. Yay! And we are chomping at the bit to, to start to use this latest version of the platform to see FileMaker 19 used in the community and experience all it has to offer. We're given even more tools to build interactive and smart apps for desktop, mobile, or browser. The power to solve problems for our clients is increased tenfold with these new features. And FileMaker 19 marks the transition to more releases during the year. Todd and I talk about the major features given out in FileMaker 19, earning it our biggest release label. We walk through and discuss in depth each feature we're excited about. We've got a lot to say about what's now available. I can't wait to see what the Claris FileMaker community does with this release. Yes, it's about solving problems for our clients, but it's also just going to be fun. Hey, Todd, welcome to the Context Podcast again. It's been a long time. It has, it has. I keep intending to do more of these, but uh, other things conspire to get in the way. But uh, hopefully um, we'll have some more time to... um, to be on the on the podcast a little more frequently. Oh, things are going good, good here. Good. So, um, big news. Um, FileMaker 19 is here. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, it is. It's uh, it's been a long time coming, but um, yeah, it's uh, it's a very big big release. It's I think the biggest release since FileMaker Seven, and we can uh, I'm sure we'll get into all the reasons why that is. Well, let's just start with that because sure. I was actually, you know, in the in the preview webinar that they had, they had you mention something about that. Um, yeah. It's the biggest release since FileMaker 7. Yeah. But you also said that about FileMaker 16. So, I mean, <laughs> can, they, can they always have the biggest releases? I sure. Mean, that, every that release would be the can best. Be that would be the best, right? Every release being the best one since, since <laughs> 7. Um, I think um, the way I look at it is that, I mean... Uh, 16, which was the last time I said it, what, what that one did, that was very, it was a very big deal is it gave us JSON and insert from URL and, and that opened up uh, the massive world of, of, um, APIs, uh, to FileMaker. So FileMaker could not, could now be a first class, uh, cloud citizen where it could talk to other APIs using the exact same protocols and data, data transmission languages or data transmission formats in this case, JSON as everything else. So that was a, that was a very big deal. Prior to that, it wasn't that you could do those kinds of things, but it wasn't native. So it was, uh, it was definitely um, a bit trickier to do. So that was 16 and that was definitely a a very big deal. Uh, It was kind of what I say is kind of the beginning of the end of the, of the old way of thinking about and building applications. This one brings in another sort of uh, big giant door opener uh, and that is the the JavaScript stuff and the add-ons that come on top of it. It's not like the the you know the 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 end of the beginning, but maybe it is um, something like that. I mean, these last these last three releases have been building uh, have been building towards what we have now, and it's hard to say this one is like the beginning of the next round of things. We're just in the beginning of the JavaScript and the add-on phase, but. Uh, but this is a big one because it opens up the world of all of the HTML and JavaScript um, UI and widgets that are available out there are now can become first class, uh, first class parts of parts of FileMaker. Do you think? Do you think things are? Is it possible that things are moving too fast? Um, <laughs> I mean, no, it certainly feels like that sometimes, doesn't it? And yeah. there's definitely something to that in terms of um, being on the bleeding edge of technology is often. Mm-hmm. Um, challenging. Mm -hmm. So you definitely want to pick your battles as far as like, you know, as a business or as a developer, sort of what are the things that you're going to invest in early and what are the things that you're going to invest in later, you know, choose, choose where to bleed, if you will. And there's certainly going to be people that choose to not dive deep into creating add-ons or building JavaScript widgets in this, in this release and just um, wait for others to kind of blaze the trail. That's, that's just kind of the way it works. You know, um, some folks choose to be out in front and it's exciting, it's adventurous, but it's also can be exhausting and Mm -hmm. you can end up going down, you know, blind canyons and getting lost and having to backtrack and things like that. Yeah, I, I can barely keep up. I mean, luckily you kind of push us to keep up, right? And we're always, 
we're always looking at the next thing, but it's, it's, it's tough. And how is this going to be when, you know, this, as they say, this is the last annual release. So we're never yeah. going to have, never, you know, I, in, I think in 18, when you wrote about Final Maker 18, you said, okay, this is just another release, whatever. Let's just wait. We have less than a year for the next one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You had this mentality that we're just moving forward. And I want right. to get, get back to that a bit, but yeah. Are we going to keep getting these game-changing things, uh, releases every three months now, or every I don't four think months? I don't think you'll see big paradigm shifts um, many times a year. Although it really, I really don't know. I mean, their their plan is now to ship things when they're ready, sort of, as opposed to waiting for um, you know for a particular date on the calendar to do that. Um, but I still expect that there will be some kind of scheduling around what releases to make a big splash out of, because it takes a lot of resources to uh, to do something big in terms of getting in front of all the analysts and getting all the marketing materials out and making a big push for, for a big release. And they're de they're definitely not going to do that on every release because that's just too much effort and it would it would be it would be a lot of wasted effort. But they are going to do it on some releases. So I, I would expect that we'll still see something like one one big release a year with lots of follow-ons um, throughout the year. But maybe they'll do two. You know, who knows? It may just be whatever they think is ready. Um, yeah. They also did just hire um, a new marketing. VP. So that person will have something to say about that as well. So maybe some plans will change going forward. I, I don't know how this is going to work, but we'll wake up one day and there'll be FileMaker 19.1 or whatever, and it will yeah. just have like six or seven new things in it. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, know. I think, I, I think you know, this, this release will be the opportunity to kind of up our, our cadence in terms of keeping our servers and applications up to date. Um, because they've also they've also shortened the lifespan for which they'll they'll support older versions. So going going backwards, they're only going two versions back now. So you're not going to be able to hang around and wait forever. You still, you know, the way I look at it is you kind of you'll be able to pick your time. You know, when the new version comes out, you'll you'll pick your your slot when you want to make that change, and then you'll you'll just do it pretty quickly because there'll be enough new features for you to, to want to do it. And you may skip a release of one of the smaller releases um, every once in a while. Uh, but if you're on the cloud, um, you'll just be getting the latest release. So if you're not running an on-premises server, um, you'll just be getting the latest release whenever they push it out. And especially once we go moving more towards WebDirect, people on WebDirect will be using the latest release. So, you know, without, I, I would expect that within, um, within this release cycle or the, you know, the, this year, 2020, 2021, that this isn't, we're just going to be on the latest release um, uh, as it, as it rolls out. This week's episode is brought to you by FM Perception. FM Perception is ready at this moment for FileMaker Pro 19, and we recommend you take a look at what FM Perception offers you in intelligence for this newest release. FM Perception, among its other features, lists all the standard functions in FileMaker Pro and shows you the number of times and all of the instances where you've used that function. FM Perception also now indicates which of these functions had behavior changes from previous versions. FM Perception is still the only real-time developer intelligence tool out there, allowing you to learn about or look up something about your app while you're working in your app. It takes just a few seconds to open up a new database design report in FM Perception so you can get some information about a layout or a field without breaking your workflow. Download the 14-day trial of FM Perception version 19 and see how smarter you will be about your custom app. How do you, um, how, how, how will our clients, what do you envision our clients doing um, at each release? Well, I think the on-premises ones will move a little slower for sure um, as they run their own servers. And I think this is, this is just going to be one of those adapting periods where people who, who are going to are going to want to um, just increase their cadence in terms of upgrading. I mean, we're not going to see, we're, we're, we're not going to be able to service clients who are beyond two versions back and we're not going to be able to really do anything in terms of new development unless they're on the latest release. Like we can support, 
like help you fix things or, or stuff like that for a couple of versions back. But, but we're not really going to be able to support you moving forward unless you're on the, you're on a very current release. Cause it's just too many new things and too many tools that are coming online that make it easier and better to build things with the latest stuff. So you're going to want to get there as soon as you can. I, I expect this release in particular to drive more upgrades than we've seen in a long, long time, maybe since the like um, 12, 13 timeframe, you know, when we got to 12, we got the new styles. And so things, you know, end users got stuff that looked different for the first time since seven. So a lot of people migrated um, up to that. Um, but I know we have clients running some of our applications that um, are still running FileMaker 13. Actually, it's a fairly high high percentage. You'd be surprised. And these are folks who uh, built an application and have not seen a reason to upgrade since since FileMaker 13. I think those folks are going to see a reason to upgrade now. Uh, I, I, it's going to be very hard to pretend that what's coming down the pipe is not worth upgrading because it's so obvious. It'll be in your face with the add-ons and the JavaScript widgets, things like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's, as I recall from the last DevCon 2019, that's what Sereni was saying. They really want people on the latest versions, right? Yeah, you, you really have to. It's yeah. it's um, making software. It just is takes a lot of effort. Um, whether it's whether it's Claris or whether it's us, right? It's actually it actually requires a lot of effort to build to build software that works um, that doesn't have a, a huge amount of bugs and that people enjoy using and the amount of effort that it takes to support different versions and different operating systems is high. It's very high, even though, you know, FileMaker is cross-platform for us, it may not seem like it's that high to, to ship things on, on, you know, Mac versus windows, but for them it is for, for, for Claris, it's a lot of resources to ship for, for, for different operating systems and for different versions. And those resources should be best, would be best put towards um, adding new features to the to the platform, giving us new capabilities as opposed to, you know, just just giving us the ability to run on on you know three Mac operating systems backwards. That's just it's just not worth it. Um, and so yeah, you, it's it if you're on the latest versions, you will be able to take advantage of the latest stuff. And your vendors want you on the latest version so they can give you the the best stuff, and not have to spend a lot of time dealing with, uh, with old outdated issues. Well, let's, um, let's take a look at some of the features and just see what's out there. Now we, you you talked about this being a a big game changer, but you're also, you know, before we get specific, you're also just already looking forward to the next release, right? (laughs) What's your mindset about, about, I mean, it literally came out today or in the last couple of days and you're already thinking about the next one, right? So. Yeah, be, be, because there's always room for improvement, and especially this, like the steps we've taken with add-ons and JavaScript widgets are really just the first steps. Um, the thing about when you're building a uh, an open platform like like Claris FileMaker has just kind of become the ability to kind of you know pry open layout mode and put a bunch of new controls on there. Um, that's an open platform, and to do that kind of thing, you really have to be working with the people who are building on top of it. Um, so that means either in, either in the ETS phase or even once it goes to production, folks who are, who are going to be the ones building those new add-ons and, and JavaScript uh, controls and things like that, they have to have time using, the, using that stuff in order to provide feedback. And that feedback is extremely important. Like you can't develop an open platform without the feedback from the people who are building on it. It just doesn't work. It's like, it you know, you're just missing one whole half of the equation. So what we're getting in what what we're getting with this with this release right now is really step one on on building add-ons. Now there's a round of gathering feedback from from the community about what can be better and what needs to be better, so that they can make it better for the next round. And so that'll be coming, you know, relatively quickly. We'll be getting more add-ons and and. Also, I expect uh, easier ways to build add-ons, or maybe not easier, but there's certainly some rough edges that need to be smoothed out. And so they'll be doing that and um, giving us more tools to do this kind of stuff. Nice. All right. Well, let's uh, let's do talk about that. You mentioned the add-ons many times. Yep. So let's uh, talk about that feature. We now have the ability to 
we've had the ability to drag add-ons out, the ones that Claris has made yep. over the past yep. couple versions, but now we actually can create them, yep. right? So right. talk to us about that. So um, the way it works is there's a script step called um, save, as, save file as XML package, I believe is the name. Um, and it's in, it's in what they call preview, which means it's, it's, you know, they're asking for feedback on how this works. Uh, and what this does is it takes a FileMaker file that has been designed in a certain way, it's mostly straightforward, but there's a few things that you have to know, a couple layouts you have to name correctly and a few layout objects you need to group. And um, there, are some, there are some instructions on how to do it, but it, it takes that file and it turns it into an add-on package. This is something that can be installed with that. Plus click at the, in the left-hand um, side of layout mode now under the add-ons section. So um, that's new. So those can, so that, what that means is anything you can build in a FileMaker file can become an add-on. Currently, it allows you to basically build one sort of layout object group that you can drag onto a layout. Um, so that might be something like a, a particular form or a portal or a web viewer kind of thing. And uh, so each add-on can have one of those that, that, that you can drag on. But the add-on, when it's installed, can also include pretty much everything else that was in the file. No security groups, custom menus, custom functions work. And so you bring all that stuff gets installed with just that one click of a button. So even if we just had that, that's a big deal. Like you know, to, to bring all that code into a file before was a manual process that had to be done in a certain order of copying in custom functions and then tables, and then you create the layouts with no content, then you put the scripts in, then you put the, then you paste the layout contents. That was how you had to do this. Now it's literally just press a button and you install um, all that code into the file. Um, so even if you didn't have the ability to make this add-on group, that alone is actually pretty cool. And then you can also uninstall it with a single click. So you click on the, on the icon on the left and you can uninstall it and remove all that stuff from your solution. So that right there is a pretty big step. Mm -hmm. uh, as I said, you know, we still have some limitations, obviously, on the one layout group and what what comes in with that and its ability to kind of mesh with the current file it's there. We can create some relationships for the current context, but not much more than that. But even that is a huge step. So we get pure FileMaker kind of things, and we also then get the ability to package up a web viewer to drag on to the, onto the layout. And that web viewer can be a very rich... JavaScript application like a calendar, a Kanban board, photo editor, all those kinds of things can now be packaged up in that same way. So this this can be any FileMaker layout object. Yep. Um, people were, I was talking with people, they were actually thinking <clears throat> this could be an entirely, just a, a set of custom functions that could be installed via the add-on. They're already thinking of ways to <laughs> use this that are different than what I I'm seeing it, but what do you think about, it could be just anything, right? It could be anything that you can build yep. in FileMaker. Yep, yeah. it could. And I think, I think custom functions are an interesting one. Um, and I think that's one that will need some experimentation. I, I think it probably does make sense. The only the caveat or the, the limitation we have right now is we can't update those, those libraries. Once they're in place, we can't update them with the same kind of, you know, drag and drop and update. So um, once you put in this custom function library, it's in there, right? So how much did you gain by doing that over simply cop, you know, selecting all of those custom functions from one file, copying them and pasting them into your, into this, into your solution? I don't think you actually gained much except the ability to uninstall them just as easily. Um, if we get to the place where an add-on can be updated, where it, you know, there's a new version of the add-on and now we can update all the things that were installed as part of the original installation. Now custom functions become really cool because what that means is we can have custom function libraries that can be easily installed and easily updated whenever new versions of them come up. So that would be great. I don't think we're quite there yet, but you know, maybe someone come up with a good reason for it. Okay. And um, you know, we've mentioned a lot in the JavaScript world. So let's talk yeah. about that. Uh, they, they've really, emphasize the new to the, the, the new JavaScript functionality. Yep. Um, yep. So talk to us about that. At the lowest level, what we got is um, the ability to get around our, our, the biggest roadblocks we had in the past, which was how to get data in and out of a web viewer 
application from FileMaker. So how could we send a signal or send some data into a web viewer from say a FileMaker button or a script? And then how could that web viewer app, that JavaScript application running in the web viewer, how could it talk back to, to FileMaker? Now we had done some workarounds for this. We had the FM web viewer bridge, which gave us the ability to, to, to do this to some degree, but it had some fairly major limitations that we had to work around and it was just very difficult to do. It was, um, it was really a hack, but it did kind of teach us what we needed to work. And so that's what, what we asked for and, and, and what we got um, um, in this release, which is um, you can now execute a function, a JavaScript function from a FileMaker script. So there's a, there's a new script step that lets you execute a JavaScript function in a web viewer. And interestingly enough, the web viewer doesn't actually have to have any code in it at all. You can actually just execute JavaScript. Like you can call global um, JavaScript functions like math, like the, the math object on, on JavaScript and the, the JavaScript global space is there. Mostly you're going to be loading in, you know, some kind of HTML on JavaScript and then executing it. So that's the way in. So basically any function that is declared off the window object in JavaScript is available to be called from FileMaker. And so you can call that function and you can pass it um, multiple parameters, uh, which could be useful in some cases, but I think what most people will probably do is is just pass uh, um, one parameter, which is JSON. And that JSON can be easily parsed on the JavaScript side. So if you wanna pass in all of your data, let's say for a calendar or for a Kanban board or something like that, you'd be able to do that um, simply by calling a function and giving in and having it pass a bunch of JSON to, to that app. So that's on the way in. That is JavaScript um, being executed by FileMaker. So the other way around is we want to be able to have something happen in a JavaScript application in a web viewer, call a script in FileMaker. And so they added an object to a window in, in, um, in JavaScript. So when you open up a web page in in a FileMaker web viewer, there is another object on the window, which is window.filemaker. So you, you can find that. And it's got one function or one method right now called perform script. And that script, that step will allow you to call any FileMaker script in that file and also pass it um, uh, a, a script parameter. And again, probably you're going to want to use JSON to pass data back to, to FileMaker in that way. So that's the two-way interactivity that we that we've been um, really been hoping for for a long, long, long time, and we finally got it. So major, major breakthrough. Technically, though, it's not JSON you're passing back and forth. It's just you have well, to actually parse it either on the way in or the way out, right? Well, so it's a string. So JSON it's is a string, string yeah. in uh, yeah. by definition. Okay. And so when it comes into the JavaScript side. You want to turn it into a JavaScript object, and to do that, you use JavaScript. You use JSON parse, and that will take the JSON string and turn it into a JavaScript object. And then on the way out, you want to take your. You probably have collected your data as a JavaScript object or an array, for example, and you want to turn that into a string to send to send to FileMaker. So you are turning that into JSON or into a string by calling JSON stringify. Right. And uh, so, yeah, I think technically JSON is a string, technically, um, and it's just a string of data. Uh, and so that is what you're passing in and out is just text. That's a good point to bring up, though. Yeah, because I, I, I know I got bit by yeah. it when we first started playing with it because the, the web viewer bridge sort of masked that functionality or masked that. Well, it, 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 yeah, it, it actually was doing the same thing, but it just right. it did it. It did it sort of lower level in the library. Yeah. Um, so you, this one is, uh, you have to do that. But, but of course, you could write your a nice little wrapper around it, around the function to do that as well um, that we have now. But it's important to understand that the what you're passing in and out of JavaScript, uh, it, on the way in, it is a string, and on the way out, it's a string. Mm -hmm. And you do need to know that. It's text, text data. Yeah. So if you want to pass container data, for example, if you want to pass images, you have to base64 encode them first and then that turn them into a string and that will work. Yeah. There are ways around that, right? Which we can, we'll talk about in a bit with a new script step, but yes. Um, well, and there's, there's just a lot of, there's, 
there's a lot to, to know about these two steps, right? It seems simple, but there's still just a lot to know. You mentioned a window, the global space. You mentioned, mm -hmm. I think we've, in our testing, have found that that JavaScript function is not available yet or at certain points, right? There's, there's, there's some things that people got to really practice and play with to get this right. So the, the one issue that comes up pretty quickly for a lot of folks is um, the FileMaker Perform script is not available immediately. It yeah. takes yeah. it takes some time to load into the web page, mm -hmm. and it doesn't take very long, um, but it does take some time. And so you you can't expect your your JavaScript to be able to execute that immediately. You might have to you might have to delay it um, somewhat. And so we, in some of the frameworks that we've um, built and released, we have an init function, for example, that you could fire on when the body is loaded and then when the body's loaded, it will check to see if, if the FileMaker object is there, if not, it'll, it'll just wait until it is. And then it will return run whatever function you give it. So there, there are little workarounds that you have to do okay. for that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, that one is, that one definitely bites folks right off the bat because it does take uh, probably, you know, I would say maybe as many as 100 milliseconds or so could take that long for that to um, to load into the DOM mm -hmm. or into the into memory, parse into memory. So they, I mean, this is a new feature of FileMaker, and they're mm -hmm. bringing it up. But the, but it's you know it's it's not a it's kind of hard for me to say, but it's not a real sellable one, is it? Like this is not something you're going to put on the front page of marketing, right? Well, I, I, I think, I think they will. And I think they're going to, um, okay. Uh, well, most, will a lot of FileMaker developers use this, you think, or are well, they I don't think a lot of FileMaker developers will be building JavaScript applications, but they won't have to, they will right. use the add-on. So what we have is, so what, so the, 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 the JS functions, give us the ability to make these these really rich UI interactive elements like Kanban boards and photo editors and things like that. Uh, and so a developer can can who knows how to write some JavaScript can do that and they can package it as an add-on. And once it's packaged as an add-on, then any FileMaker person can can, can use it. So uh, it, it's, it's not that everybody, all FileMaker developers need to know JavaScript. In fact, I would expect that most won't, still won't ever really need to. Um, but they will they will still benefit from this capability because of the add-ons. So the ability to quickly and easily install these these things into their into into their solutions without having to know anything about JavaScript or HTML or any of this stuff. So I think that's really important to understand. I think some folks who think, well, I don't I don't care about this JavaScript stuff. I'm never going to learn this. It's not really. The, the, you know, you don't have to to still get a tremendous amount of benefit from from that capability because in parallel with that, which is we've got that feature, the JavaScript interactivity, and in parallel with that, we've, we've got the add-on stuff happening. So the add-on stuff makes it super easy to install. The JavaScript stuff makes it possible to build pretty much any kind of interface that you could um, that, that you could dream up. I mean, including like 3D stuff and virtual reality and all that could be done with the JavaScript stuff. So, so does that make sense? So they're kind of a nice yep. pair. Like JavaScript yep. is for the developers who really want to deep dive into JavaScript. And then the add-ons are for just, you know, the people who just want to do FileMaker. And there's yep. lots of people out there. And, um, you know, they're the background, the, they're the backbone of this community. And, and they're not going, they're not going to be left behind by, by this. In fact, they're going to be empowered by this. Having these steps inside of their version will allow them to use these add-ons that people build. So it's yep. it's it's good to have it, whether you, yep. you actually physically move that step over into the script workspace or not. It's it's adding a lot of functionality to the platform. Absolutely, and I think this is this is why this is why this this is such a big release is that it's it's really about opening up the platform for other developers to extend it in very visible and powerful ways. So for a long time, we had plugins, which were just sort of functions that we could call within our, our, our script execution or calculation engines. And those were, those were powerful and they did a lot of stuff, but they didn't do anything on the user interface side. So they were really just about calculations. And to write them, you had to know C, which is a, or C or C++, which is a fairly low level language um, and is pretty difficult to master. And so writing a uh, a C plugin for for FileMaker 
was quite hard and very few folks ever learned how to do it. It was just a kind of a very niche market. I'd, I'd be shocked if there were more than, than more than a couple hundred people who ever wrote a FileMaker plugin that did it, uh, anything significant because of just that skill set. It was C and C or originally it was C, then it was C plus plus and FileMaker. And, and those, the, 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 uh, the overlap between those two things is very, very, very tiny. So, um, so that was all the extension we could do. That was it. Now with the add-ons and with the JavaScript stuff, we now have the ability, if you just look at add-ons and if you're just building add-ons with pure FileMaker tech, we now have the ability for people to extend, you know, what's available in the UI and what can be dragged and installed and installed onto a layout or installed into a file to any FileMaker developer. They just need to use FileMaker skills and they can extend the platform. And then if you're, if you're a JavaScript developer, then you can go even deeper. And not only can you, you can make things that can be installed that way, but they can be, again, pretty much based on any, anything that you see in the web, you could reproduce as a widget inside of FileMaker now. And JavaScript is a much higher level language. It's the most popular programming language on the planet. Um, uh, there are, I don't know what the actual numbers are, but I would guess several orders of magnitude more <laughs> JavaScript developers than there, are, than there are C developers. And the overlap between like having what you need to know to build a JavaScript widget for FileMaker uh, just isn't that much. And we were already abstracting that stuff away. So if there are people who are web developers and can write JavaScript, they can write stuff for FileMaker now. So that's a very different thing than what we've ever had before. This is the first open release where we can really get in there and, and really change fundamentally the, the experience of building an application in FileMaker. A lot of the other enhancements include smart AI. I yeah. be honest, I haven't touched this at all. Have you yeah. played with any of the core ML, the NFC or the Siri shortcuts? Um, just a little bit. So we've been very focused on helping get the add-on stuff over the line. Um, so I haven't had the time to get into um, the ML or the NFC um, or, uh, or, or Siri shortcuts, which is, I, I think actually, that seems like a really fun one. Uh, I really want to, want to try, want to play with that, but, but the ML stuff is important. So, you know, again, uh, you know, FileMaker's main mission or Claris's main mission is to make advanced technologies available to, to everyone. And some of that you do by, you know, by having the FileMaker platform, some of that you do by having uh, the ability to make add-ons like we've been talking about. And some of that you do by adding very powerful tools directly to the platform, like the ability to run machine learning models. Um, so this is going to have, I think, a very big impact going forward as machine learning models become more and more a part of how we do things, and especially on iOS. Um, there's just a lot, a lot of stuff that can be done there. Like it's very interesting when you have access to machine learning models and you're out there in the real world doing things. There's a lot of interesting stuff there. I, I expect that to become very important over time. And I, I think the NFC stuff is also um, pretty important and pretty interesting because it's, um, again, it's this sort of ability to respond to the environment. Um, and I think that that's the part that where there's still, there's still so much to do, like in terms of making, uh, computers and the power that computers bring us more a part of just like being in the world. Like most of the time, I mean, I mean, a lot of people work on their, on their iPads and their iPhones a lot now, and that's definitely much more than it used to be, but still, a lot of work is done just sitting in front of a computer and there's a limited number of things you can do sitting in front of a computer. But once you have a mobile device that can respond to things like in the environment, whether it's beacons or NFC or things like that, now there's like, okay, now this, this device is now more intelligent about where it is and it can respond to, to what's going on um, in, it, in its environment, what things it's near, what it's getting close to, what it's gone, going away from uh, this kind of stuff. I think is really interesting long-term. So I'm really excited that Claris brought that to the platform, to the FileMaker platform. And I'm looking forward to getting a, a, a really meaty project that we can spend some time playing with that stuff on. Nice. How about um, their, their, their section title was zero to cloud. So creating apps directly in FileMaker cloud. Um, yeah. Coming. Um, yeah, it's coming. Um, so I think this is super important and it's basically the ability to, to draw and to, to, to build your applications in a, in a web browser 
as opposed to a desktop client. This is, I, I think, a long-range goal for FileMaker, for Claris, for the FileMaker platform. And I think it's important for a number of, for a couple of key reasons, for a lot of reasons, but two that I think are, are really important. The first one is that we want people to be able to get on and try the FileMaker platform as fast as possible. And right now, that means they have to download a, they have to go fill out a form, um, and download a file and uh, download an installer and install that. And then finally they can be up and running. That's, you know, the, the expectation for the, the, the space that, that, that Claris FileMaker occupies is I find, I want to try this thing out and I fill out a form and I'm using it like a couple of minutes, you know, from, from like making the decision to put in my information to actually being able to design a layout should be like, you know, 60 seconds. It shouldn't be, uh, uh, it shouldn't require installing something on my computer, which feels like a commitment. All those things are roadblocks in the way of getting people to try the magic of, of the FileMaker platform. So um, that's really important is to, is to let people who are new to it as quickly as possible experience the awesomeness of designing a layout, maybe dragging out a a Kanban board, plopping it on their layout and watching it just spring to life. That needs to be, that needs to be the, the experience. The second thing is, is that as we move more and more into the cloud world, um, the browser is going to become the primary way in which people are using applications built on FileMaker. Again, it just sort of makes sense when it comes to these types of applications that we're building. Um, downloading a desktop application is just not part of that equation really going forward. Um, it's much more likely that you're going to be logging into web applications that are powered by FileMaker, some kind of web director or whatever comes along on top of that. So that means that you want to be designing primarily within the medium that you're going to be deploying in. And you're going to get responsive design. You're going to be able to design a web application in a web environment, uh, which is what you need to be doing, as opposed to trying to design something in a desktop app that has one set of paradigms and one set of design constraints and then deploying that to a web browser, which has a totally different set of design constraints. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty important. Really looking forward to all the future stuff that comes in that space. Along those lines, um, they listed, um, which I find funny. It's a small feature, but it seems to be very well headlined is that we're going to get, uh, we are getting, um, a, a card window support for, for web directors. Oh gosh. Yeah. So this is kind of one of those little sleepers. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's actually a big deal. Uh, a couple of things. Uh, well, first of all, forget everything that we're getting, everything else that, that we're getting new. The ability to use card windows in, in, inside of, inside of WebDirect means that um, we're no longer having to make a decision on UI based on whether or not we can use card windows. Card windows are so useful for so many types of, of interactions that, that you want to create that being without them on WebDirect just meant that it was much less likely that you would deploy an application to WebDirect because it was just, it just was missing that key feature. I mean, there's just so many pop-up dialogues, little quick um, search and find routines, menus. There's just so many things that work with card windows really well. Mm -hmm. um, and, and we just couldn't do them on WebDirect. So now that we have that on WebDirect, we can kind of say, oh, great. So. Now we're much, much more likely and much more comfortable shipping our applications through WebDirect because of that. So that alone is a big feature, just kind of finishing kind of what's come before. Card windows have been around for a couple of versions now and they're pretty important. So now we get them on WebDirect. That's kind of completing it, looking backwards. But looking forward, it was super important because one of the really nice design patterns we have for JavaScript widgets is you know, take a, take a Kanban board, for example, you want to click on the Kanban um, card on your Kanban board. And ideally you have that, that Kanban card open up, if you will, as a FileMaker layout, because that returns much of the power of designing what goes on, um, what's being tracked by the Kanban board to the FileMaker developer. So now they can just design a FileMaker layout however they want. And the Kanban board can can be configured to use whatever layout they want in a card window, which means that I don't leave the Kanban board. I'm just, I'm there on my Kanban board. I click on the Kanban card and up pops my card window 
um, right there on top of the Kanban board. Uh, and it's just a, it's just a great design pattern um, that lets you kind of interleave FileMaker layouts, card layouts, cards on top of JavaScript widgets. And, you know, when the design is done really well, you really don't know. You really can't tell what's what. They all look the same, but they're kind of interleaved. They're, you know, you have, you have FileMaker at the back, then you have a web viewer, and then you have FileMaker on top. And they're all just, they're all just creating this seamless experience. So you really wanted that to happen on WebDirect. And so thankfully now we now we have that. Um, another interesting, which uh, we, we have to say a fairly late addition, but they're, they're, they're bringing up is the new Execute uh, Data API yeah. script stack. Yeah, that's a biggie. Do you like this one? Yep. So it, um, we asked for it for part of the work with building the add-ons, um, or we asked for something that, what, that does what it did. And, and this was the what they came up with. And I think it's actually a really brilliant solution. So the reason it's good is that um, for JavaScript widgets or for FileMaker add-ons, you can't always integrate with the context that you might normally want to do something with. Let's see if that makes sense. Um, You need to, it's it's, uh, with add-ons especially, but really there's lots of cases where you want to make things that are uh, context independent. So it doesn't matter where they are. You can fetch data from anywhere on the graph, uh, any any layout without having to leave where you are. And this is really useful for add-ons because add-ons are kind of standalone-ish. You can do some, you can create some relationships when you bring them in, uh, but sometimes it's easier just to not do that and just to bring in things that are unconnected from anything else and then let them talk to the talk to the rest of the file using some other method um, rather than having a relationship or and and not even and, and not even having to navigate to somewhere else but just be able to say hey I, I want some data from a particular table and so uh, that's what this was for so you can think about it like uh, it fits in this in the in the place of execute SQL that you're able to get data from anywhere without having to go there without having to move your context to some some other place on the graph. Um, and so we had some discussions about whether or not execute SQL could just be modified to return JSON. And it turns out that that wasn't that easy uh, for reasons that are uh, probably pretty opaque to sort of the, the, job, the, the FileMaker engine. One of the problems was is that uh, when you do execute SQL, you get back um, strings, basically. You don't get back dates or, or numbers. So you, you wouldn't be able to do, um, you would be able to get JSON that had a number property in it. It would always have a string. So there, there was that, and there were a few other things and some low-level issues that just made Execute SQL not the right choice here. So, and then it turns out that the engine, so the engine that is powering, that does the finding and does the packaging of the data. So what, again, what we, what we wanted was the ability to basically do a find and then have that the results of that find returned to us in, in a JSON format. Um, that was the goal. And it turns out that there already is a part of the engine that does that, and that is the data API. So the data API, which we normally think of as being part of the a part of FileMaker server, is actually that part of it. The part that, that does a find and returns the JSON uh, is actually um, in the product itself. It's in, it's in the FileMaker application itself, not just in the server product. So what that meant is you just had to come up with a way to to skip going through the server and simply go right to the FileMaker database and do the same request on that FileMaker database. Um, and that would give you uh, essentially the, the, the same result. There's a couple of differences and the documentation covers it, what the differences are, but it basically will do the same find that you can do through the data API um, you just do it directly through this through this script step. So that means that you can write logic that works going through the data API, so going through a FileMaker server, or going straight to a FileMaker script. And that, to me, is just a super elegant elegant solution for that problem. And uh, I'm, I've, I'm hoping that we can get the rest of the data API done as well. So not just the getting of data, but the setting of data too, the updating of data through the data API would be great. And then ideally, maybe even the OData API as well, which is the newer 
not really a replacement for the data API, but another, it's more like it's closer to the ODBC engine. Uh, it's called OData and it's one of the newer APIs that FileMaker has and it does transactions. So if we were able to get OData in the same way, that means that we would have a scriptable way to do transactions um, inside of FileMaker, which would be um, fantastic as opposed to the way that we do it, which still works quite well, but even easier if we would have that have that option of just going through the OData um, engine. Ugh, are you kidding me? I already have to learn. I, I've just started to learn the data API and now I have to learn <laughs> OData too. Yeah, there's a whole new one. You know, it's, I mean, I think uh, learn again, like we talked about learning is having to learn is unavoidable here. Yep. You just have to pick the things that interest you or the things that are critical to the jobs you're working on. Uh, and just leave the other ones for somebody else to figure out <laughs> until yeah. it, until the path is more well worn, you know, because you can wear yourself out if you try to if you try to trailblaze on everything. But yeah, one thing that to bring up in the new features, I'm sure we're going to write we're going to write blog posts. We're going to have more information about yep. the execute data API yep. um, because it's it it brings back the entire object of, yep. of the entire response, and so you yep. still have to parse through it, right? Yep. You still have to write script steps to parse through it or JavaScript yep. function yep. as the case may be, right? Yeah, I think the, the ways in which, so people should think of it as as a replacement for older data gathering methods that just, that, that, that just return JSON. So rather than having to put it in JSON, you already have it. So, that, so that's useful for sending to another API. It's also useful for things like virtual lists. So if you used to do virtual lists or you're gathering with SQL, you can now do the same thing and you get back in JSON, you can do a virtual list with JSON as well. Um, another feature that we discovered is very important um, for our products and for our clients is the get application version uh, function. It now returns FileMaker Pro 19 because that's the name of the product. There is yeah. no more advanced anymore. Yeah. So, how are we going to deal with that, Todd? How are we yeah, going to go so through this? Is, this is actually an issue which is going to cause some, um, you know, some hesitation, and it should because if you use that function to test for pro versus, um, you know, server or something like that, all of that, all that is going to be. Uh, or, sorry, if you used it for a, to search for advanced, um, all of that is not going to work. So those functions are going to fail anywhere that you've used. Anywhere that you've used that function uh, and pattern count against advanced is not going to work anymore. Mm -hmm. um, so, how do we go and fix find that all those? What's that? How do we fix it? How do we go through and find those? Yeah, so you're going to need some kind of analysis tool. Thankfully, we have the awesomest and most fastest FM perception, which will easily find every instance of that function in your system, and uh, and then uh, it will make it very easy for you to find any any of those spots. And um, and fix them, which is which is great. It's one of the one of the advantages of having a tool like FM Perception is you really don't have to worry about things like this. Any code that any code changes, any behavior changes like like this one, um, would, if you didn't have an analysis tool like FM Perception, you you'd, you'd kind of be a little concerned about moving to a new version because you just don't know. You just don't know if you use that function in a big system. But with FM Perception, you know, and you know very quickly whether or not you've used it. You know every place that you've used it, and you would be able to just say, yep, this isn't going to hurt me. Or, oh, yeah, I got to fix it in these places. And you'll be able to fix it, and you'll know with 100% certainty that you have found all the spots in your code that use it. So, yeah, pretty important. I, I don't think there's any other behavior changes. That's the only one that we know of. Yeah. Is that right? Um, behavior changes, here. things that will cause code to break. No, your name is going to use CE now instead of AD. Um, there, the crypt functions no longer use the SHA crypt, cryptographic algorithm, but uh, those are some behavior changes for sure. Yeah, so we should definitely put together a list of those and how to find them in FM Perception. We'll do that um, in the show notes or in a separate blog post because you might you might get burned by those in a few places. Here's another big thing is that they're finally removing runtime solutions. Ever since 14, yeah. they said yeah. that they have been, is it 14 that they, they deprecated them? And I don't remember the version, but they actually, so the runtime engine has not been updated. Yeah. It's like, I think 15, I think 15 okay. was the last one, maybe 14. It doesn't have the JSON functions, which came in 16. 
and it, it doesn't have insert from URL and they're finally getting rid of it, which I understand there will be, there will be some people who uh, actually have important business processes or maybe even products that are still running on that. And yeah, it's um, um, for those folks, it's a bummer. So they won't be able to get the new features, but they'll be able to build with 18 for at least two more years mm. and that's it. And then it'll be pretty much end of end of life for that, for that whole feature. So, okay. yeah. Um, very nice. You know, actually I don't see it in here. I'm going to have to test this, but, uh, someone was asking about the FMP protocol, um, using it outside of FileMaker to open up FileMaker. And I know in 18, they introduced the FMP 18 yep. colon, you know, yep. I haven't seen it listed I, in 19. Do they have a 19 one here? Um, I don't, I think it just works now. Um, okay. I actually, you know what? I, I was going to say I've tested it, but I've actually tested the reverse. I know that from FM 19, you can open up FM 18 if you use FMP 18. Okay. Um, but I haven't tested the other way, but I'm, I'm assuming that that is, that is still true. This is interesting. The, the name of the empty file required, required to prevent default fields from being added to new tables has changed from defaultfields.xml to fmdefaultfields.xml. Yeah, I so, wonder why that is. That's an odd one. Yeah, interesting. So, um, so anyway, so 19 is here and it is pretty awesome. We've been using it for a while. Oh, dark mode. I, I can't believe I forgot to say dark mode. Dark mode. Yes, dark mode. <laughs> you love dark I, mode. I, I, you know, I, I do, but then every once in a while I go back to light mode. And it's like, oh, this is nice. But I, I think, I think that the scientific studies on it are that dark mode is better for your eyes in the long run because it's you're just putting less light in your eyeballs. Um, okay. So I don't, I don't, I, maybe I'm making that up. That's probably. It doesn't really help if you stare at your computer for you know, 16 hours a day though. So you're still <laughs> probably, I, I've got these yellow glasses that I've just started. Wearing. <laughs> you're wearing those. Um, um, but yeah, they're supposed to protect you from all the blue light, which is supposed to be dangerous. I don't know whether it's dangerous or not, yeah. but, but uh, whatever. Um, so dark <laughs> mode, yeah. Dark mode picks up. There, actually, there is a new uh, function that will detect whether or not your system is in dark mode too. Oh, so, okay. um, that's there. Um, but so, you can't switch between dark mode and light mode scripted, right? No, have, no, it'll only detect, it'll only detect what's there. Uh, and you might, you might choose to swap out a different layout or something based on the user's, um, UI preference, uh, something like that. Anyway. Um, very cool. Uh, so those are, that's FileMaker 19. We're excited about it and we're, you know, we've been using it for a while. We're excited for the add-ons to get in. They're not here quite yet, but they will be coming very shortly. It could be yep. a few weeks from now, right? It could be yep. very short. Shortly, could be, could so. be, yeah. Uh, hopefully very soon. And you know, the, the once, once things really get rolling with the marketplace and, um, there's, we'll learn more about these things uh, probably in, in the engaged time frame. But FileMaker's been hiring people, and I'm going to butcher names um, because um, I'm not good with names that I um, that I haven't heard spoken. Uh, but there are a bunch of key new players at at FileMaker, one of whom is responsible for e-commerce and the marketplace. Um, somebody with a lot of experience in the industry, and also, like I mentioned before, a new VP of marketing. Um, has joined FileMaker this week, uh, which is really great. So we're seeing some new folks get into um, uh, some new hires, join at the very highest level uh, of FileMaker to help drive the future of the platform and in key areas like marketing and in and in and in in e-commerce, which is great. So um, we'll we'll nice. we'll maybe talk specifically about that in a future podcast. But also important stuff happening. Yeah. And and once the add-ons get in, I'm sure we'll talk about those because they're exciting and I can't wait for people to see them. Um, I, you know, we, we built a lot of things. I built yep. a Kanban board, which I yep. am excited for people to see. So, yep. Yep. <laughs> I mean, even if they're, um, even if they're not, I mean, it'll take a little bit for them to get shipped with the product, but you can already, uh, we're already going to be sharing these things quite a bit. So, um, yep. people will get to see them. They won't get the official uh, ones uh, in the platform quite, uh, quite yet for another little bit, but they'll get there Yeah, uh, and it's going to be super hot. Cool. Well, so, um, so before we go though, Jeremy, what yeah. is your favorite part of new the FileMaker 19? Uh, I, mean, right, I know uh, you can say the JavaScript stuff, but like, <laughs> what's your favorite thing that we really like, haven't really like hammered on, or maybe if it is something we hammered on, what's like, 
what are you excited about I, and why? I think we talked through all of them and I think it's, I think it's just being able to use the JavaScript stuff a little bit better. Um, for sure. It's, it's when I, when I started this journey, what, six years ago now, I, of JavaScript, I was, you know, striving for making it as easy as possible to integrate these. And there's been a lot of road bumps and I am learning new things about the dang web viewer every day, but this, <laughs> this thing solves a lot of those problems, right? It, yep. It makes it, it makes JavaScript libraries work on WebDirect, which was always a, a big yep, yep. no and Windows for the most, yeah, Windows for the most part, I think. Yeah, um, it does. We still have IE 11 on Windows, but they're going to be fixing that sooner rather than later too, which is great. That'll really help. You know, I, I guess I'm excited, but it, it, like you, like you, I think I've adopted your mentality that, okay, this is just another version. I'm, I'm going to start using the features and wait for the next round of features to use you. Right. Um, so I guess, I guess that's where I'm at. Plus I'm just really tired. The, the, developing those add-ons was a lot of work, <laughs> um, but Hey, we get to talk about those soon. I'm excited to, yeah. to do podcasts and videos and such to talk about those. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm excited, you know, I'm excited to see what comes out in the marketplace with these widgets. You know, again, for me starting this journey, it was about bringing extra functionality into the FileMaker. And now we get to do it in the most legitimate way possible, yep. short of having FileMaker engineers develop a Kanban board or whatnot. Yeah, but we really actually want, we, we don't want them developing a Kanban board, um, uh, you know, maybe a Kanban board or maybe some of these widgets they can develop. But really, it's much better to leave those kinds of widgets to the, to the broader community and let them focus on the things that, um, that we can't do. Like yep, there are lots true. of people who can build Kanban boards. There's a lot, there's tons of people who can build Kanban boards. There's not many people who can build on FileMaker's platform. And so we need those folks to be putting their efforts into doing the things that only they can do, uh, mm -hmm. and not the things that everybody can do. Right. Um, so that'll, that'll allow the platform to grow even faster if they're spending their time doing things like integrating machine learning um, into the platform, you know, that's something nice. that we have a more difficult time doing. So. Cool. Well, I'm going to be speaking to different people over, you know, the next couple of weeks, including you, of course, of features of FileMaker, just what they're using it for. I think that will be fun to not only hear what people, not only hear about the function and the, the, the thing, but how they are using it. Because as we are seeing, people are already taking the feature and twisting it to their own device, right? Their yep. own purpose. So yep. I love this. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to speak with someone who's using the Siri shortcuts and hear yep. what they're doing and what their apps are producing yep. for their, their clients. So yep. um, I, I'm going to be looking for people to talk about those features and it'll be exciting to hear what they're doing. Yep. So, yeah. It's, nice. it's a, it's a good time. It's a good time good. to be a FileMaker slash um, JavaScript slash machine learning developer. Oh, <laughs> uh, some, you know, as a, as a closing thought, some would say that this is sort of a long time coming, but I don't think you've ever, you, you don't say that too often. You're just like, I'm they're, they're here. Let's use them and move on. Right. You don't, yeah, I, mean, I mean, it is a long time coming, but on the, other, <laughs> okay. the other side of the coin is that things are moving very rapidly now. So, you know, the, yeah. the, the, um, the kind of leftover sort of inertia that we used to feel around these things, really just let it go because things are changing so quickly now that by the time you get upset about this feature not being developed exactly the way that you want it to be developed, it's going to be changed. So, yeah. so just, uh, you know, give feedback on this stuff and, and help kind of shape the future of it. Um, and uh, just hang on tight because things are going to be coming at a pretty, pretty fast clip from here on out. I really feel sorry for our friends at Claris who have already been working hard with these year releases and now have to work, what, four times hard. For <laughs> well, hopefully, they are, hopefully they don't have to actually work four times harder. That would be a, a quite a burden, but they're, they're, they're figuring it out. They it took them a while to get to this stage, but I think I'm super excited to see how quickly they can start turning these new releases out. Cause yeah. that is going to be, that's going to be uh, that in itself is a game changer. Uh, so yeah, yep. yeah. Cool. very cool. All right. Well, thanks for talking with me about right. FileMaker 19. Now let's get, let's get to using it. Yep. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Jeremy. <laughs> Bye. Bye. And that brings us to the end of another episode of the Context Podcast. The team here at Geist Interactive cannot wait to build apps for our clients using what's new. 
So let's all get out there and start using FileMaker 19. If you have a moment, please rate and review us at on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. And please reach out at info at geistinteractive.com to suggest what features we can talk more about. And if you've got a great idea using one of these features, please let us know and we can invite you on to talk about it. We'll be getting more episodes featuring features of FileMaker 19 out sooner rather than later, so stay tuned to your feed. You might see a few more discussions pop up. Until next week, remember, the Context Podcast is king.